Bonjour, and welcome to the Amateur Detective Club. This club is exactly how it sounds. A bunch of amateurs talking about their favorite mysteries. So if you encounter a real mystery or a murder, contact the proper authorities. Do not come to us. We do not know what we are doing. But enjoy the program. Allons-y. Let us begin. Quand il me prend dans ses bras, il me parle du I call this meeting of the Amateur Detective Club to order. I'm Miles Hoover, the boy detective. I'm Melissa Maley, the spy. I'm Tristan Miller, and I'm ashamed of my co-workers. I'm a K-cop. <laughs> I'm asleep. It's what I am. Miles Newberth, asleep. We're all sleepy today. Oh. Because we're sleepy. Yeah, we were up too late solving crimes. That's right. Yeah. That's what Amateur we're doing. crimes. <laughs> it's like when you commit a crime but it doesn't make you any money. Yeah. It's an amateur crime, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we do. That is actually. Yeah, like slashing tires or jaywalking. Egging, egging houses. Those, is that are... a crime? I mean, yeah, yeah it's been, yeah. I'm a criminal. I've never oh, no, egged a house. I would have been surprised. <laughs> kid cop combat. Turn in your, your kid badge and kid gun. It's my bar mitzvah. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize for the cough. Can we get badges? That's, that would be great. I would like that. Yeah, sure. I wanna, specifically, I want them like shaped like badges, but I want them to be like, not cross-stitched, but like, uh, like patches. Mm. <laughs> okay, not cross-stitched, right. but maybe cross-stitched. Maybe. Well, Lauren, do, Lauren does cross-stitching. She it's could like, em, like embroidered. Patches, yeah, did you hear what I said, though? She does cross-stitching. Yeah, she so could. she could maybe, I don't know. Lauren, you're listening. Oh. Hit, hit me up. <laughs> up. We've had an maybe. idea, Lauren. I don't know why. No one's had enough coffee yet. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. Is there ever enough? So today, uh, this this is what happens when I run the meetings. Uh-huh. They go off the rails. I, um, <laughs> as the boy detective who's uh, running the meeting for some reason. Uh, you volunteered. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put me on blast like that. You volunteered. I was like, who's going to call it? And Miles is like, ooh, please. <laughs> Pretty please me. I just need to do it. Uh, today we listened to The Case of the Missing Will. We did. William, where is he? Where is he, William? We're that's going will hunting. Yes. Good. That, that's what this is about. Nice. It is actually the plot of Goodwill Hunting. Yeah. Weirdly. It's the prequel. <laughs> no. That everyone's been waiting for. Just about like his abusive father. <laughs> like yeah. what? Oh man. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And we've, we've so CGI'd what? Andy Serkis to look like. Uh, Baby Robin um, Williams. Baby Robin like Mork from Orc level Robin Williams. Yeah, yeah, okay, cool, cool, cool. Not disrespectful at all. <laughs> like I'm i st- I'm upset about the genie thing, but anyway, let's just can we please move forward? What happens? Setting my my Setting. Uh so we start off in the in the study as usual, and our um our good friend Hastings is telling us about a problem they were given that was very different from usual problems that they are given. A young woman named, I think it was Victoria Marsh? Violet. Violet Marsh. Yeah. I'm so close. Stop. In this part, Hastings 
is the worst man I've ever heard. Hastings yes. is terrible in this one. Oh man, he's never like. He's like here's the he's thing. Like, uh, she came in basically. She was like smart, well dressed, and and looked as if she was looking to get on in the world. And Hastings is not a fan of the so-called new new woman. woman. It's, yeah. it's super gross. It's super, super gross. And we're going to talk at length about this because, man, this entire story is about feminism. And yeah. sure. Uh, well, I mean, kind of. It's about feminism. Yeah, yeah, I know. Sure. But like, we're... Sure. Yeah. Uh, but also, it's one of those things of, here's something kind of funny. Like, Hastings doesn't often voice his opinions like that, but, but he thinks that. And you can... Apply that to real life too, like men who are quiet, they're keeping like to themselves. Oh, there it is. Oh yeah, there's the swear. <laughs> yeah, we didn't have that in the last yeah, one, like, huh? We didn't. We, I was so proud of us guys, specifically coming off of the 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 cuss storm that was Christina Tucker. <laughs> I was so proud. <laughs> I was like, I don't have to edit this one at all. Um. Anyway, so she comes in and she's like, oh. Hey, uh, here's my whole life story, which is I, my dad was poor, but my uncle got rich, and then my dad died and my uncle raised me. Mm -hmm. But my uncle was worse than Hastings. Uh, He's like, well, women, women should learn domestic skills and not book smarts. Uh, yes. Um, end of list. End of list. And, uh... Yeah, pretty much. Basically, as this woman grew up, she's like, I I think I have a very good brain, and I am not good. I have no skill for domestic skills. So I'm going to go learn things. And the uncle is like, uh, if you do that, I will leave you nothing. If you stay, I will leave you everything, because you're my only living relative. And she's like... Well, looks like I'm Sorry, getting nothing. Sorry, go. Bye. Yeah, she gets then, a scholarship. She's gonna go do learning. She gotta yeah. go do her thing. Learning, what a thing it is. <laughs> and over the last few years, um, uh, she, she had visited her uncle a few times, and it had been amiable enough. But one of the times he'd been like, so you think your, your brain's pretty good, eh? Uh, well, we'll see how it goes against my brain. And so, like, basically says he's going to challenge her to a test of brains. Um, I clearly cannot choose a goblet in front of me. Yes. Uh, and then, uh, and then he dies. Not promptly, but eventually. Uh, <laughs> yes. So his will has become a puzzle that she has yes. to solve which, in order to get his money. All right. So which I is really like messed up. Hastings in this, and I don't like... Uh, the uncle's Uncle idea in this, but this idea of like a, a will treasure hunt, I'm so into. Miles like, and oh I have God. talked at length about that's what we would do. We want to do that. We want to commission two oil paintings of each other that have like <laughs> corresponding coordinates of the map for when we die. For when we die, so our so our our offspring has to like work find the clues. We're like Jackie Chan. Together. You have to Amazing. work for your inheritance. We're like Jackie Chan. Yeah. Oh, that's so magical. No, it's okay, really... Okay, so, but... Yeah. Yep. While we're stalled here, Melissa, you wanted to talk about, like, the feminist themes of this thing, and I think you, out of the three of us, should talk about that. So here's the thing, because 
this is a really fun premise, and it ends up being a really fun treasure hunt thing. But for the entire time, Hastings is super gross. The entire premise of it is super gross based on Uncle Andrew's views. And I know back when Agatha was writing this, because she's she came from a family where she was encouraged to not read and whatnot, and then she was like, mm-hmm. okay, guys, whatever, I'm going to become a famous author. Look at me, best-selling, uh, most best-selling, most best-selling, hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> best-selling. Best-selling author. Best, all of her books are, like, second only to her to the sales of the Bible or something like that. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Anyway, just a little backstory there. But no, she was clearly one of these new women um, that Hastings doesn't like. So it's really interesting from this perspective of having Agatha write about something that was, you know, a thorn in her side growing up and, like, writing from the perspective of a character that doesn't agree with that. And so I'm sure for the time, this story ends up being pretty pro-feminist, all in. Mm -hmm. But... By today's standards, it does not hold up. And we're going to get to the end of it, too. But I just... Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, let's get into what happens. Okay. What is... So there's not really a crime in this. No, the crime is that I get away scot-free. Yeah, but also there aren't really suspects. Oh, oh, Uncle let me talk about Arthur. the suspects. Okay. It's Uncle Arthur. I, I mean, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did it. He did it's Uncle Andrew because that's what his actual name is. Yeah, oh. I say Uncle Arthur because of Bewitched. Oh, that's me. That's Got it. Fault. I didn't remember his name was Andrew, but I have an Uncle well, Andrew. Andrew. I so thought of that too. I, it was, it's weirding me out. So, um, but, but there's no crime. My Uncle Andrew is not sexist, as far as I know. <laughs> Just that but he is sexy. He looks like a young Paul Newman. That's actually true. Mm. <laughs> Except for he's also a party clown. So it's balance horrifying. those two things. I'm trying to... If sexy young Paul Newman sometimes is a party clown. I'm trying to suss out if any of that is true. Oh, no. This Literally is... all of it. <laughs> this is... Yeah. This is an awakened something in me, and now I can never finish. Okie doke. <laughs> it's put something to sleep in me forever. It's killed something in me. <laughs> okay, so... What happens? There, there's no crime except for this pain-in-the-butt treasure yes. hunt. So, basically, they go to his manor, which is basically just a farm. Crabtree Manor. Yeah. <laughs> they go there, and there's two very charming rustics. Oh, my gosh. The way... <laughs> rustics? They're the, the bakers. The way Agatha writes poor people is always fascinating yeah because i want to know melissa you might be able to because you did a bunch of research on her for historical hotties um was she affluent from the beginning okay so that's why because it's pretty classist the way she handles people yeah absolutely she is always it's not great But anyway, they go there, they talk to the bakers, and they're like, oh, yep, they definitely, uh, there was a will, and we, we signed it, but he got two copies, because I reckon he wanted to, you know, just in case, in case he lost one, and he did! So, you know, it was good that he did that then, right? Right. So the um, whole thing has been set up, like, the time of the wills mat- matters a whole bunch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, uh, so, uh, 
the original, that's okay, the original uh, will that Victoria, nope, Violet, I keep saying the names that you got, the wrong Sorry, names that you said. <laughs> I did that. That was my fault. That's okay. Yeah. Miss Marsh, uh, the will that Miss Marsh knows about. <laughs> it's a real Mish Marsh. A real Miss Marsh. Um, the will that she knows about was written at I much 11. Miss Uh-huh, uh-huh. Sorry, I will let you finish, Melissa. I'm sorry. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm so glad that you're interrupting me in this very feminist episode. <laughs> yeah, it's because I'm sleepy. I'm it's sorry. okay. It is okay. So, the one she knows about was written at 11 a.m. And so, Poirot mm-hmm. says, Okie doke, we gotta look out for anything, even if it was written a half an hour later. To see, because that would then supersede the 11 a.m. will. So, yes, as Tristan was saying, uh, she goes, uh, Poirot goes to the bakers, and the bakers are like, yeah, oh yeah, I remember him writing the 11 a.m. one. Um, and I remember because the cocoa overflowed, and it was... Yeah. Uh, and Do you remember? The cocoa overflow is so ridiculous. And then she has this little, ch- well, uh, David Suchet does this little chortle in the performance of it. Like, oh, so charming. The, the cocoa is so overflowed. Don't you? It's so memorable. It's really, really cute. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they, uh, he wrote another hour, of, another will, an hour later. So about noon, I guess, uh, that they then mm-hmm. signed. Okay. So where is the newer will? What do we got to do? Tell me. Follow the cl- follow 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 clues. Yeah. Um. They ask, all, has anyone else been in the office?" And the uh, the man's like, "Nope." And the one's and like, like, "Oh, there was workers. Don't you remember? You forgot the builder, didn't you, darling? Oh, don't you remember the builders that came in? Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, she's a Monty Python one. Now. Um. Uh. I was gonna say David Tennant in drag is what that sounded like. <laughs> that's uh. That's my. That's that's who I channel when I'm in Monty Python. Um, <laughs> that makes sense. None of that was anything. Uh, so they're like, oh, okay, builders from where? Uh, from Plymouth. So they go to Plymouth. And they find the builders, and they're like, oh, yeah, we did we did work. And there's yeah, a secret. Secret, a secret passageway. Brick. What is it? If you push on one of the bricks, it opens up another brick hole, and there's a secret compartment inside. They're like, well, that was easy. Let's go back and open it up. Burned. Push the button, find a paper, and it is burned. burned. Yep. So, like, someone's been here before us. Oh, no. But they can tell it was a will, because, like, remnants of the signatures were there. Like, oh, well, we did it. We found it. But but she gets nothing still, so we failed. Yeah. And then they take a train ride home, the end. Oh, but is it? But is it? Yeah, I stopped listening. <laughs> we should um, take an ad break. I guess this is a good time to take an ad. I think break. it is. Hi guys, it's me, the Kid Cop, Tristan. Tristan, the Kid Cop, remember me from the show? So I'm going to talk to you today about a production that Melissa and I just directed of *The Winter's Tale* by William Shakespeare, which you can come see at the Riverbank State Park Amphitheater on 145th Street and Riverside Drive if you live in New York City. Saturdays, May 12th, 19th. 26th at 6 p.m. and then Sunday the 20th and 27th at 6 p.m. Um, it's a really great show fantastic cast of really talented actors and both Melissa and I are really proud and happy of the work that we put into the show so come see it 
and we'll be there. So if you're a fan of the show and you live in New York and you want to meet us, we're going to be there pretty, pretty sure we're going to be there. Okay, back to the show. Love you. Goodbye. And we're back. Thank we're you back for enjoying those ad delightful ads. I sure uh, did. It was, uh, I just love <laughs> listening to all of them. Um, yeah. Do you even listen to the show, Miles? Sometimes. <laughs> you know, maybe. Who knows? Every day's a gift. I listen to. Some days. I listen to mm-hmm. every episode. Probably, usually the day it comes out. Except Thank for you, the, Melissa. Yeah, of course. I'm a loyal listener of the show that now, we make. Now, is it because you enjoy the show, or are you worried what I've done to you in the edit? <laughs> she, he, yep. gave you, he gave you the villain edit. <laughs> Weird. Yep. Both things. He gave, he gave you the villain edit, and the audience just isn't sympathizing with you Yeah, anymore. you're, you're doing know. a heel turn this you're, episode. You're going to get voted <laughs> off of the island. Oh no, I but just we're got gonna back. bring you back for the all villain season. Oh it's perfect. Be ideal. That was had that's been my goal for such a long time. Since the advent of reality TV. I've wanted yeah. to be on an all villains episode. Are there or not a podcast about reality TV shows, but a podcast that is a reality TV show. I think those are called podcasts. <laughs> Can we have, have we have we always been able to vote people off of? Yeah, pod? man. Is it's that just, why? Is that why the brothers are always bickering? Is yeah, they're just worried one of them's going to get voted off. One yeah, of these absolutely. Things? And the reason it hasn't come up, Miles, is because most of the ones that you and I do are like you, just you and me. So if I vote for you, you vote for me. It's null. It's we're true. we're trapped. Okay, we're trapped. So, <laughs> Melissa, we could get him off. I we know. Get him out of the show. Right? I mean, okay. you edit it. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> Oh no, he's got a point. I'll go. I'll go. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, the mystery. So, so the they're thing on this is, train. I think we glossed over kind of is when oh, yeah, yeah, Coral yeah. first showed up to the cabin. I'm sorry, Melissa. What were you saying? Thank you, thank you, Tristan. Yeah. It's okay, but Miles can continue because I think he's going to say the thing that I was going to say, or maybe something even earlier. So go on. Yeah, when they first got to the cabin, Poro was noticing how in order everything was. In particular, he took note of how like. All of the, well, the china was so well placed. Yeah. And um, all of the keys were neatly labeled with, uh, like, ivory mm. labels of S where they go. Except for the one for the roll-top desk, mm-hmm. which label was a tiny, dirty envelope. Yep. A signature that, that in a in a handwriting that they weren't sure was mm-hmm. was um, the uncle's. Right. Uh, so while they're going back on the train, Poro is like, oh, I've not been a double imbecile. I've been an imbecile 36 times. So and good. Jumps off. Triple imbecile because three and six, that's a nice little... Yeah, yeah. Thing. As someone who has, like, mild OCD, it's really nice when she puts in things for me. <laughs> um, and they rush back and Poro uh, opens the envelope. and Like, it's much too small for there to be a will inside that envelope. And he holds it to the fire and it reveals that there is invisible ink I inside cannot read of the fiery the letters. Yeah, it's yeah. And so it good. said one ring to mm-hmm. rule them all. I um, know, who knew? Weird, weird. <laughs> that and was where the one ring went. Is in the envelope the whole time. Um, but no, and it was a will written in invisible ink inside of the envelope. Mm-hmm. Signed uh, by a confectioner, witnessed by a confectioner in his life. Yes. Mm-hmm. There was a confectioner and his wife. 
And this and whole thing made what? me want to <laughs> find a Poirot-themed escape the room. Uh-huh. So badly, oh, it's crazy. Oh, yeah. that's such a good idea. I just want it. I want it in my heart. Oh, so good. And of course, this will left everything to Miss Marsh. Yes. Mm-hmm. So um, I have yes, to say that when they're on the train, mm-hmm. Poirot basically wakes up Hastings and is like, we gotta jump off the train now. He yes. does this a lot. <laughs> I know. And this is the least, high, I mean, this is the lowest stakes thing we've ever listened to, pretty much. I mean, yeah. Yeah. nothing, no crime happened here. It was just a fun little mystery that they got to solve. Yes. I know. And Poirot felt the need to wake a sleeping Hastings and jump from the train. That was the urgency mm. level. Yes. And Hastings being the absolute worst in this episode did actually kind of have a point of being a little grumpy about having that happen to him. Yes. But, but yeah. So we resolved this story with them having a little discussion. Like, oh, good. Well, Miss Marsh gets the money now. And Hastings goes, well, you know, she didn't really solve it. So she went out and got someone to do it for her. So I guess she didn't best him too bad. And Poirot says no, because part of being smart is knowing when to hire someone to do something for you. Mm-hmm. And it was like, sort of, like, okay. I, I don't know how I felt about this ending. Yeah. I mean, it was. Yeah, go ahead, Tristan. I mean, I see your point, but also at a certain point, Poirot is correct. And then also, like, he is a genius. That's yeah. like me going to. Like, I don't know this problem that's about physics, and I'm going to Neil deGrasse Tyson and going, can you help me with this? It's- yeah. I guess the thing that's troublesome mm-hmm. to me about it is that, I mean, I know we've got Poirot, so that's what we've got, but we had to have a man come and do it for her. Sure. Which is just, it's just a little, it just misses the mark a little bit. Sure. I'm sure it was much better a hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. But we at least were able to get a bit of a win over Hastings. It was just mm, not quite, just didn't, you know, I'm still a little hungry. Still a yeah. little hungry for a little <laughs> bit more feminism. Yeah. Yeah, because like, if this story had been written today, I'm sure she would have been there with them investigating and noticed, like, oh, this isn't my uncle's handwriting at the end yep. after they do that whole thing, and she would have found it at the end, yeah. which is yeah. nice. Exactly. But, yeah, Hastings was terrible in this one. Yeah. yeah. Just the absolute worst because, the entire like, time. I think we've talked about this before, of, like, he must be so handsome. Because he treats yeah. people so terribly, <laughs> and he's an idiot. Well, the thing is, you you had a point that I don't even, I didn't even realize. Uh, he, we know he's terrible, but a lot of his terrible thoughts, he does just keep up inside. Yeah. Which I didn't even think about. But, yeah, he's just, like... He's a quiet idiot, which is the most dangerous kind. Because <laughs> they present as maybe smart. Because they, yeah, beautiful and quiet. Who knows what's in there? So I think this predates his marriage, too. Mm-hmm. So I am hoping that his later marriage to Cinderella helps. Yeah. Helps make his views evolve around women. Because she's no shrinking violet, no. that yes. wife of his. No. So... I will say that is very common. Like, single men are the worst. 
Yeah. Single men are the worst. Yeah. I've, Having I've, been one I've several been times. One and it was bad. <laughs> Horny and too tired to do anything about it. <laughs> the yeah. Tristan Miller story. Yeah. That's... I'm so glad you found the name of your biography. Yep. <laughs> so how many mustaches? Um, if it were less sexist, I would give it a five out of five. Mm. This was a lot of fun and a great adventure, but I'm going to give it a four out of five because, because. Because of the sexism. Because of the sexism. I, I super enjoyed it too, but man, it knocked off two mustaches for me. Gotta give it a three. Yep. I am in that solid three as well. I feel completely neutral about it. Sure. I do just love escape the rooms, like, too much. I've never done one. I did one for the first time. It was so cool and fun and good. I feel like, I want to so are you much. allowed to leave? Yes. Okay, well then I would be okay with it, because, like, I would... If they were like, no, you have to stay here, I'd be like, oh, looks like I'm having a panic attack, yeah, and I'm gone. Was, they, right. They, they realize that it's scary, Good. and they don't, but, because, like, the thing is, you're, you're agreeing to, to do it. Yeah, it's like, you have the thing. They don't have to, like, lock you in, because you're agreeing to play by the rules. Mm -hmm. It's. Right. Yeah, it's a fun game, so if you actually have a real emergency, you can leave, yeah. because, mm -hmm. yeah, that makes sense. We should. That's a good point. We should do one. Yeah. I would love that. That would be fun. And then we could it could be like our little mystery solving yeah. project. <laughs> yeah. It, it is actually like what amateur detectives might do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Guys, I'm really excited about all of our planned excursions, mm -hmm. like our trip to London. Yep. And <laughs> please go to our Patreon and donate there <laughs> for three thousand dollars for tickets alone. <laughs> yeah. Um, we actually might be able to do an escape the room if yes. we get enough. Yeah, like Patreon. escape the room is very doable. Yeah, look on Groupon, um, get um, a good deal. What I want to do, yeah. actually, if we're gonna do anything, is I want to secure the rights to put up the play that Agatha wrote of yeah. Pachwell. Okay. So yeah. that would be good to produce. Yeah, that's a little bit more of a reach. Less of. Less of a reach than London, more but a little bit more than a middle. Room. It's right in the middle. It's right in the middle there. Well, yeah. Thank, thank you all, audience listeners, for audience listeners for listening to that audience. And um, <laughs> uh, good job, Miles, for the talk speaking. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> interrupt our housekeeping to call this meeting of the Amateur Detective Club adjourned. Gavel sound. Jacques. Sleep time. Say oui pour moi, moi pour lui dans la vie. Il me l'a dit, la joie pour la fille. Et dès que je l'aperçois, alors je sens en moi mon cœur qui.